Welcome to the Interns Hope Church Run the Podcast. I'm Jesse Brumfield. And I'm Isaac Little. We are two Americans living on mission in Wales. And we're uh, both inviting you guys to uh, walk with us as we talk about what it is and what it looks like to be life on mission in another country. All right, we're back, Isaac. Another week of recording in person, socially distanced. Of course. Yeah. And we have another special guest that I'm so excited about. I feel like we've talked about having you on on like several episodes of the podcast where we'll be like, oh my gosh, we need to have Lois on to talk about that. We need to have Lois on. And guess who we have on? Lois. The famous Lois Franks. (laughs) No, it's going to be so good. So um, welcome to the interns podcast it is a joy and a privilege thank you for having me thanks for being here uh so tell our lovely listeners a little bit about you just like who you are what you do that sort of thing awesome hi lovely listeners it's weird i'm looking around the room like i can see you but of course i can't so (laughs) hello um so i'm lois i'm married to ben uh who's a pastor or one of the pastors of hope church and um yeah that's kind of me i'm pastor's wife And that and much, much more. You have two of the cutest children I've ever seen in my life. Like, are they not the cutest, Isaac? They They are. They're really great kids. And you wear a lot of other hats too, which we will get into a bit later on the podcast. But um, yeah, that is um, like sort of who you are within the Hope Church realm, but then you also do a lot of stuff for kids, church that's changed with lockdown and what that looks like. But um, you are you were running um, kid, Hope Kids at our Triorchy location like by yourself for how many months? I don't know. A, few. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do lots. Um, but since this podcast generally has been about calling about being on mission and all of the different ways that we can do that we would love to hear and I'm excited because I don't think I've ever like heard this from you I had heard y'all's story like from Ben but not straight from you so I'm very excited to hear more about how you came to the Rhonda and how you felt called here because you are not from here spoiler alert so tell us tell us all the things all the things um cool so yeah, like I said, I'm Lois, born in Caerphilly, which is, uh, I'm not very good at mileage and stuff. I feel like Ben was like on it with the mileage. But oh, I'm yeah, terrible at that. like half an hour, 45 minutes away from the Ronda, uh, just north of Cardiff. Um, moved to Cardiff when I was about two um, and started going to Rabina Baptist Church, which was um, by UK standards, mega church (laughs) so like 300 400 people yeah um which as i say in the uk that's considered to be quite a big church um so grew up there was in like toddlers with ben and like we kind of grew up together oh i didn't know that so all the way through so we're like our families knew each other and we've grown up together okay so he was a school year ahead of me so we weren't always in the same kind of sunday school class but yeah youth group kids club oh my goodness Little Lois and Little Ben. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, so, um, yeah, so kind of went, went through like kids church. I got saved. Um, I believe kind of I first put my trust in Jesus to be like my personal, like special friend. Um, when I was about four or five years old, wow. um, we had a guy come to the church and 
do kind of he was called Ishmael he did like music and stuff with the kids and it was like this gig and it was really cool um and I yeah the kind of was an altar call at the end of that and that's when I decided that I wanted to put my trust in Jesus for myself um and then I guess kind of I was brought up in a Christian family we went to church every week used to go to like the kids club and stuff so there wasn't really a moment for me to have to kind of make a choice about my faith in a really challenging Mm -hmm. environment because it was quite easy really being a Christian Mm -hmm. kind of through certainly through my younger years um then high school your friends kind of start making other choices um so you kind of have to decide right am I going to be all in for Jesus or am I going to just go my own way um and I guess at that point I was just really blessed to have a great youth group in church and and kind of quality people around me um so I had a really good group of friends in church as well as in school like I just did okay in school got on like got on well with people so um yeah I was kind of working through school as a Christian which was challenging I kind of definitely had its moments but yeah it was good and then at about 14 15 maybe 15 16 um God started to speak to me about kind of the future and and Wales and kind of just the need for the Lord in this nation um and just started by the spirit just to break my heart and really grieve what was going on in in this land um in 1904 there was something called the the welsh revival yeah. which you guys may or may not have heard of in yeah. the okay um and like millions like loads of people um there was an incredible move of god in this land and loads of people came to faith pubs were emptied people working down the mines were singing hymns like it was so cool like, the praises of god were resounding through this land and it was incredible the newspapers were writing like about the gospel and like just what was happening and it was amazing and i feel like yeah that so one generation kind of received the gospel incredibly the next generation began to just assume the gospel yeah and got into a lot of legalism and kind of like chapel culture of rules and regulations and then we're kind of in our generation where the gospel has been rejected um and so yeah kind of that sort of young age god started to speak to me about that and just yeah really break my heart for it um and i think ben mentioned on the podcast last week um a guy from the ronda came and preached at our church and shared some statistics that shocked me frankly yeah i couldn't believe that there was somewhere just 20 miles up the road where you couldn't like yeah, you couldn't go to church let alone even hear the gospel there wasn't an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to know the good news of Jesus that I'd had so freely available to me in my comfortable middle-class church mm-hmm. in Cardiff um and there were like plenty of other churches that if for whatever reason I decided I didn't want to go to my one yeah I could very easily choose another church uh locally that would have been great as well and so I just was like oh my gosh there's a place like that really close by where people can't even respond to the gospel because they don't get opportunity to hear it Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of going on in me as well as in Ben before we were kind of going out together we one of the elders from our church came from the Ronda um and so hilariously we as a group of 15 year old kids got him to take us for a tour of the valleys in a minibus (laughs) we dragged everybody up here went for like a drive up and down the, the valleys and like you guys have been to Cardiff. It's very different culturally. Yeah. Like we feel like we've, although we've only moved 45 minutes away, an hour away from, from home, it's like feels cross-cultural. It is. And so we came up in a minibus, a group of teenagers to do a little tour of the valleys and to stop off and pray in different places. And 
the guy who'd come and preached at our church, we went to um, to meet with him and spent some time with them. And so we, yeah, God kind of was just doing his thing in me and in Ben. And then off the back of it, we were kind of like, hmm, the Lord's doing something similar in both of us. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, we kind of like each other. Yeah. So we kind of got together. And then I feel like I'm going on a lot. No, so you're not at all. I'm sorry. You're not at all. This is so good. Was there, was there any scripture like that? made you like with that God was putting on your heart or yeah. in your calling. How are you identifying um, that through like your leaders, through scripture, through prayer? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so the big one for both of us is Josh, like Joshua one several times throughout kind of our lives. People have brought those scriptures to us and kind of um, they seem to, yeah, Joshua one verse nine, particularly mm-hmm. in verse five, the kind of similar content really, but be strong and courageous and kind of take mm-hmm. back the land and that kind of thing. Um, and it's crazy how many times those scriptures get brought to us, both Ben and, and myself and kind of people bringing that and challenging us with those verses in particular. Um, then just a sense of like, um, just anger at the injustice that somebody can't even hear the gospel, let alone mm-hmm. go to a church. Um, and I guess just kind of that unsettled, like just sense in our spirit that it just like the injustice of that mm-hmm. um, as being a big one. And then, yeah, there've been kind of other different scriptures for other um, parts of our lives and just kind of people affirming that calling on us, like you say, like leaders sort of saying that. One of the things for me as well was, um, so I loved Welsh in school. So in the in Wales, um, we speak two languages, Welsh and English. Yeah. <laughs> um, so probably about 20%, 25% of people are fluent in Welsh. So it's not kind of, you wouldn't, at least in these communities, you wouldn't mm-hmm. walk out on the streets and hear um, kind of people speak in Welsh. But certainly if you went to North Wales, people would be kind of using the Welsh language a lot more. Um, and it's compulsory to learn Welsh in school to like a basic level. So mm-hmm. I went to an English school and I was learning Welsh. And I loved it and mm-hmm. everybody else hated it because they're forced to do it and everyone hates it. Um, and I really felt like it was a God-given love um, and that it was something that kind of I was supposed to pursue for God. Um, so when it came to leaving school and thinking about what to do, I knew I wanted to take a gap year before going off to uni. And I felt like I kind of had three reasons, I guess. The first was that I felt like um, I wanted to give a year back to God because he'd given mm-hmm. so much to me. I wanted to kind of sacrifice that year for him. And then secondly, I was like this God-given love for Welsh. Like, I feel like there's something supernatural in it. Like it didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a natural love. I could remember Welsh really easily. Like it wasn't, um, it just came really naturally to me. And I felt like that was a God thing. And so I wanted to use a year to try and get fluent in the language. And then thirdly, I was doing youth work in, in my church. So I was like, if I could mm-hmm. do that as well. That would be awesome. So I ended up taking a gap year then up in Bala in North Wales, where they can barely speak English. So wow. <laughs> so that was a culture shock. And then and God gave me the language then in North Wales. Mm-hmm. So I feel like on Ben and myself, as well as having the whole Rhonda calling, where I guess Welsh isn't so applicable here mm-hmm. in terms of just having a heart for the nation of Wales as a whole, mm-hmm. as well as the valleys. Um that the language kind of piece of the puzzle was significant for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was able to, to learn Welsh supernaturally quickly, um, 
and kind of minister in Welsh up in North Wales and I still use my Welsh regularly and kind of contact with different people and the boys yeah. go to a Welsh school now and stuff so yeah yeah. I remember you there was one point it's like this is kind of off on a tangent but I was like I, I when I first got here I was like uh, I had like massive dreams of like oh I'm gonna learn Welsh this year that I'm here like that's I'm gonna do it I'm gonna at least like at a basic level and your um your boys Evan particularly was teaching me some words and I was like Lois this is great because like I feel like they are would be on the same level as me like because I'm first learning and they're like just learning language in general and you go Jesse no offense my boys are fluent (laughs) I was like oh okay not on the same level at all okay cool cool Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's so funny. You were like so kind about it, but you're like, no, 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 no. I mean, you're not the same. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you and Ben are in kind of secondary school or what we would call high school in America together. You're both hearing from the same guy, feeling called maybe to the valleys, but and you did your gap year. So then what? Like we heard from Ben that he went over to the States for a while and was doing some different things. Um, so tell us about like that time sort of in between y'all being together in secondary school and then um, like actually coming here. Yeah. So I was in my last year of secondary school when he went out to Heartland in America. Um, so then he came back to the UK. Uh, I moved up to Bala then in North Wales to do okay. my gap year. And he was down in Trevethan in Pontypooling with Di Hankey um, and involved with the church plant there. So we didn't do all this very well, really, because then he moved to Southampton and okay. I moved back down to Cardiff to go to university. Um, and then I was part of the church in Pontypool for those three years in uni. Um, so, yeah, I used to, I lived in Cardiff and I used to travel up every Sunday and a couple of times a week. Um, it was about a 45 minute drive. Yeah. And I uh, was part of the church plant up in Pontypool. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and tell me, I get this mixed up just like honestly for my own knowledge. So, who did y'all, because Ben met certain people in uni and then you did as well, sort of separately. So who, did you meet Simon in, and Lucy in uni? or yeah. No? yeah, okay. Okay. So there was a student kind of, so you, do you guys have CU? What do you call it? College camp? What do you call? Yeah, like crusade for, or like Simon. campus crusade for Christ. So that kind of thing. So there was, a, it was it's called CU in the UK. Um, and there was like a spinoff from the one in Cardiff that was called Revive. So it's not a spin-off. It was like a ministry that CU ran called Revive um, that was all about students partnering with churches and chapels across the mm-hmm. valleys. And where there's maybe an elderly congregation or they didn't have the resource, students supporting them in running their kids and youth work um, so that they could reach their local communities. Okay. So I'd heard about this before I even started union. I was like, I know long term I'm called to the valleys. That's what I want to be involved with. I want to do that. Um, so right from the start through Revive, I set up a youth club in Trevethan, uh, up in Pontypool, which mm-hmm. was the church I was involved with. So I led the Revive team of students that used to travel up and help with the youth work up in Trevethan. Um, and then when I was in my third year, which is the last year of uni, I, along with two others, led that that student ministry okay um and when i was in my third year sarah lawrence or sarah okay. Sutton, sorry yeah um simon and lucy 
and then a couple of other people who have been so Josh Matthews who was involved with um, the church a few years ago and kind of has moved away and is involved with another church plant now and then a guy called Josh Oldfield um, who's done the same thing so they were all in Revive when I was kind of in Revive as well. Okay. So that's kind of the connection okay. with those guys. And, and, was, and Sarah led it after me, actually. So I handed it oh, to Sarah. Oh, okay. She read, okay. led Revive after me. So funny. And then was it Kate that Ben met in um, uni? And Josh Miller. And Josh Miller. Okay. And Lizzie. Okay. It's all coming like, together. Have we missed anyone off? Yeah. I know. So there's like a Southampton uni crew and then Cardiff uni. Okay. Um, but yeah. So that's yeah. Kind of the... The uni days. So you're building your team way back then. Without even realizing it was happening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Isn't it wild? It's amazing how God yeah. Kind of, yeah, had his hand on that and knew what he was doing. Yeah. And ben did not want to go to Southampton. Like he was pretty set on not wanting to go to uni and just getting on with what he felt like the Lord had put on his heart. But yeah. Was, yeah. Clearly so part of his story and so necessary. Yeah. What a good there. <laughs> that'll preach, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> Stick with the discomfort. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the lesson I'm learning. <laughs> what are some of the cha- What are some other challenges that you would want to talk about during the during the time of um, you just being raised up and called to to ministry? Hmm. I guess like. So when we got married then, so August 2012, uh, 2011, sorry, we were like, okay, Lord, we're getting married now. We're ready to go. And actually God was like, no, you're not. Like, it's not time yet. Um, and so we kind of were looking for a house to move into and we viewed like a crazy amount of houses and just none of them, none of them felt like the right place. And, and so I guess that the challenge of being like, okay, Lord, we're ready, but actually accepting that even though we might have felt ready that it wasn't the moment before God yet would be one, one kind of, yeah, a challenge in that, in that season. Um, and then actually the following year, then God kind of made it clear that it was the time. Yeah. But he did some stuff in that, in that year in us that was really preparatory. How would you, how would you teach like the, the audience that's listening? If I wanted to know how to, the scripture to go to or how do I go through this challenge with my relationship with God what's the best advice in your opinion on how to go through challenges uh, in relationship with God yeah I would say dig deep in the word dig deep in prayer and dig deep in like trusted relationships those three things and draw strength from yeah take wisdom and advice from other people but like yeah, go deep in, in the word, like seek seek God and his kind of counsel during those seasons. Because mm. a lot of people have a lot of opinions and that's mm-hmm. why I think trusted relationships is really critical. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, people might have ideas about stuff, but if they're not saying it, having prayerfully thought it out yeah. before God, like it actually can't be, isn't always that helpful to yeah. hear loads of voices. So having those trusted voices that speak into your situation have like a proven track record before God of like just real wisdom and integrity and yeah quality advice it's good relationships are good yeah easier said than done definitely <laughs> when you're kicking and screaming being like, but God, I, I, know. Do I don't want to I don't want to don't do send this. me there like, yeah why? yeah so we know that a key part of what you and Ben have done here, like once you did, once God kind of gave all those green lights and, and you moved here um, to settle, 
we know that part of that is that you set up a business that you still run today. And that is a big part of your life and your time. Um, so talk to us about that, about like the idea behind it, the why and, um, yeah, challenges, anything you want to share? Awesome. Um, the business. So Ben and I went to Indiana actually when we were students just to go visit people and catch up. And when we were there, we met somebody who was working in the States for a British company who, I mean, I was kind of needing to get a job just to kind of pay my way through uni and stuff and kind of pay my rent and bills and stuff. And so we just happened to be talking about that. And this guy just decided that I would be good at doing the job that he did. And I mean, he was waking up, I can't think what the time difference is, but he was waking up in effectively the night working a British day of work and then was available to do whatever else American time. So he was working Jesse's face like what? <laughs> that would be like four o'clock in the morning or yeah, something. So his day doing, would start. He was doing a British day's work. Wow. Like logging in through online systems and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was working for accountancy firms, generating them new business. And he was like, you'll be great at doing this. You need to do it. So I was like, uh, what? <laughs> um, but I needed to pay my rent. And I was like, yeah. hey, so, like, I'll give it a go. Um, and so basically I set up working for myself from my bedroom. I had like, had my laptop, got myself a phone line and I used to work, um, generating new business for accountancy firms on the telephone. And that's what I was doing. Like set up as a sole trader, self-employed wow. myself in and around lectures. Um, yeah, just doing that kind of chilled at home. Um, and basically some other businesses then in South Wales heard what I was doing and asked if I would do it for them as well. So like I started working for an IT company, um, and some other like little bits and bobs. And I guess kind of, I was accidentally growing a business without mm -hmm. meaning to whilst I was doing uni. Um, and then it was like late, yeah, what, 2008, that kind of time when there was a financial crash and all that, that kind of stuff going on. Um, so the job marketplace wasn't brilliant. And I was kind of thinking, well, God's organically growing this thing for me. Um, and Ben and I were just kind of praying about what we wanted to do and kind of ministry and stuff. And the Lord really spoke to me through Proverbs 31. There's a verse and it said, she sees that her merchandise is profitable. Mm -hmm. And we were like, what I'm doing is working, like it's profitable. It's been flexible around uni, like it's been a good, good thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so I really felt before God, like actually that, that setting up the business or keeping going with the business and pursuing growing it was to be like our tent making for ministry. And really with kind of the heart behind it, I guess, firstly, to be able to fund like our church planting and to not be mm -hmm. like, there's not enough money in the church in Wales to pay for all the churches that need to be planted. Like, right. There's just not enough finance there. And so us thinking about self-financing what we were doing as kind of the first thing um, and then not needing to take salary or anything so that we mm -hmm. could really reinvest any any re resource and finance back into the, into ministry. Um, and then secondly, yeah, being able to maybe like fund other church plants and use it that way. And then also to be able to offer sustainable employment. Like the valleys, there's really low levels of employment what I was doing, like, I mean, it's a skilled job, <laughs> but really like 
in order to do certainly the telemarketing side of things, like you don't need a huge amount of qualifications. You just need to be able to sell. And we work with businesses. We don't kind of call people's houses or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it was a, a way of being able to offer sustainable employment mm -hmm. in communities where there isn't that and being able to invest in young people and see them growing and learning and kind of taking on more responsibility and being like mentored in a business context yeah that really excited me and it's like really encouraging how we've been able to do that and see like we've had some tough times with like employees like it's not always easy but seeing people really coming through the ranks and there's one guy in particular who's now kind of my number two and he started mm -hmm. out just as like yeah minimum wage employee like just working yeah. his way through the ranks and kind of learning the ropes no qualifications or anything and he's kind of come up through and is doing a brilliant job um and so yeah being able to invest in him and as i say offer that sustainable employment in an area where there's not a huge amount of of jobs mm. has been really cool so, yeah and then the business has grown on from that so now we do kind of more broader marketing activity and and supporting people with their sales um, and business development so yeah it's a ministry in itself yeah and I do really yeah. see it as that like yeah. absolutely so I'm only there part-time now mm -hmm. um because of having the boys but mm -hmm. but I really do see it as a ministry and like the guys are fully on board like with the fact that we do church stuff yeah. and they they see their role in fresh flow as being able to certainly like some of them see us being able to release me to do the church stuff that I do as well and kind of yeah. they come along to different things some of them have done like a, a bit of alpha and they've come along to like different church services that we've mm -hmm. done which is really exciting yeah um, and I mean yeah it's it's enabling ministry it's enabling yeah. the church plant and in more than one so, way yeah yeah, yeah. So very really cool. cool and I like really believe that yeah the Lord will save some of those guys yeah big time yeah we have some good chats in the office it's interesting that's cool really good i just had another question on the tip of my tongue and i can't remember it i don't know do you have i don't have any questions i, okay. I was just thinking of like you've already spoken about what you know what keeps you going and um how, how does like the lockdown COVID has changed some of that stuff logistically, church life, uh, parenting, all of it. Like, how's it affected you? <laughs> COVID. Ooh. <laughs> oh, 2020. Uh, yeah. Love you, hate you. <laughs> um, so, like, work stuff's been really tough. Like, business across the UK got shut down. So, mm -hmm. we, yeah, basically straight away lost, like, a lot of work, which was really difficult. Um, and, like, stuff's, slowly starting to pick up again and so hopefully it'll work itself out but like the business side of things has been tough um and trying to work from home and navigate that whole saga um has been challenging but in terms of home life we've had a great time with the boys like we've made the best memories had so many like amazing adventures it's been really precious like having that time with them so evan is four nearly five caleb is two uh, three he's turned three in lockdown sorry well, uh, yeah so Carl's just turned three um and we've just had yeah a really lovely time kind of as a family um church stuff has been up and down like yeah doing the whole zoom thing and then not being able to meet in person and even now like being able to gather together again but not as we're used to like yeah. has its challenges doesn't it but I think 
I've just loved in lockdown seeing how like Hope Church has continued to be the church Mm -hmm. and like it's never about like we're sat in the church building now like it's not about this place it's about being kind of yeah Jesus hands and feet like in the Rhonda and seeing kind of how the church has loved and cared for one another like the amount of little like packages we had on our doorstep and like letters through the post and different things from our church family like it's just been so lovely to see how people have cared for each other and then sought to look after their community as well during this time yeah COVID eh? it's a special group of people yeah definitely it's a really like y'all have built something really special here so it's God doing his thing isn't it it's lush yeah really cool to see okay I have sort of what might be a tough question but we talked about it with Ben and I'm I'm interested in your answer so um and you've been doing the advanced theology course and you know a couple weeks ago the question was um around what's your unique contribution to like the church and to the world. And I, I know what I would say about you, but I'm curious as to what you would define as your unique contribution. Honestly, I'm rubbish at these sorts of questions. Oh, I am too, but I'm not very good at self analysis. So I'm like, not, and I'm not very good at saying this is what I can do. You can do so much. So So, do you want me to tell you what I would say? Okay. I'm going to anyway at like, some point. My ego. Um, okay, so careful, I. But I'll come back. Uh, what am I? What did you say? I said, "Be careful, but I'll come back." Spider. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. hard. So, like, hmm. I think I, I'm good at. I'm good at. Blah, blah, blah. See, I'm gonna get all like. Can't even speak now. You can say it. You can own it. Yeah, that's what I need to get better at. Yeah. So I think I'm quite good at chatting to like to I'm quite versatile in conversation yes (laughs) so I can chat to anyone and get on their level I think that's that's probably Mm -hmm. a strength that maybe I'm learning not I probably just assumed like oh everyone can do that it's just talking but actually not everybody can and maybe I'm starting to learn that that is a gift more than just something that everyone can do it is good at talking to people um yeah yeah Well, and it's interesting because you've made that like your vocation is communication. I mean, that's what that is. And then in the church as well. Like, so what I see in you is you have this unique ability to share about the Bible and about the gospel in um, such an easy to understand way. Like you have this, it's, it's uncanny the way that you can just like so easily communicate a really complex topic as Christians and especially when you're running a church and all these things and like bible studies and kids stuff it can so be easy to like fall into the Christianese like weird Christian where you just use all these words that like you that don't really make sense outside of the context of the church and you are so good at not doing that like you just are like a real person that's a normal christian and like can so easily relate to people like the alpha course and everything you're like fantastic at running that so yeah thanks yeah yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i do quite like the hosty type stuff like Mm -hmm. alpha i do enjoy that i think that if god hadn't so clearly called me to 
working in the valleys and ministry stuff like I would have probably tried to pursue like a career in being a blue pizza presenter or like something you'd be so perfect at it so perfect (laughs) love it yeah dream job yeah any other questions for Lois that you've got Isaac no I was just thinking of Lost in translations or any type of crazy uh, things, stories that you have to tell. Well, before we go there, is there anything like that we didn't ask you that you want to share or that like any parts of your story that um, you want to add? Yeah, I think probably this isn't very thought out now, so I'm going to probably muddle it all up but like That's okay. so cross-cultural ministry mm-hmm. for you guys mm-hmm. looks very different to what it's looked like for me mm-hmm. but like yeah I guess for people being on mission wherever that at is so critical and sometimes yeah. that might look like cross-cultural mission even if you're from Jacksonville you might still end up doing something cross-cultural within Jacksonville or within like Indiana in Fort Wayne like you might end up doing something that's local but still looks like you adapting yourself in order to be all things to all people yeah and and reach the last and so I think for people thinking about mission and stuff it doesn't necessarily mean doing the whole cross-cultural thing overseas or like across state but even where you're at like for people being on mission where they're at sometimes that looks like changing some some habits or kind of doing things slightly differently in order to reach people even in yeah. their lo- locality. Yeah. And I would just encourage people to go for it. That's so good. It is really easy to get caught up in the thought that you have to like make some big move or big choice to in order to be on mission. When in reality, I think probably, I don't know, over 90% of us like aren't really called to do that like you're just like we're called to be on mission right where we're at and I'm hoping I'm hoping we can get Jenna on to talk about how she's done that because um she's done that really well and um yeah just to get some more people on to chat about how they do that right where God has planted them and I think a key like I guess strap line in my life is like how can I live with gospel intentionality in this situation mm-hmm. and like thinking through like being missional wherever I'm at and not trying to segment okay this is my slot where I'm doing outreach or something that's very yeah. focused but actually living with that intentionality through every area of my life like how does that look yeah how does that look f- like for you Isaac <laughs> like Isaac does this really well so I just froze. So could you ask the question again? (laughs) What does living life kind of with that gospel intentionality look like for you? I would say it's uh, the start is always just being open to what the Holy Spirit is doing in every situation. Like when you go to the coffee shop, when you go to the coffee shop, um, you know, sitting, being able to be interrupted, even though I'm reading or I'm, you know, working on something on my computer that that is something that I do need to get done, being able to pause and then actually talk to people and and interact. And so... Um, I love what you said about interruptions. Like sometimes yeah. interruptions to our day, we can be like, oh, I'm busy, like why is that happening? But actually, like what if we saw those interruptions as gospel opportunity and like that it was a divine interruption? 
Yeah, that's so in the book that we read Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, there's a like one of the things that has stood out to me most from that book that it has stayed with me is he calls them God interruptions. He's like, it's not like you being your schedule being interrupted. It's actually God interrupting you and telling you, no, like this is your schedule. And how differently would we react if we had that perspective? Yes. Like shifted like, okay, God's putting this on my plate instead of me thinking I'm going to do this next. He's got a different plan yeah i'm so. i'm the worst at that she had an agenda <laughs> yeah i'm like so controlling like no this is what i'm doing and i feel like i go into club coffee and i like just have the please don't bother me i'm working like and it's not good but yeah that's good but like also isaac with you like i feel like it's anybody that you come across like you just someone you have a conversation with and you treat them like they're your best friend, even if you just met them. And that alone, people are going to wonder, like, I wonder why that guy's like that. Like he, he cares about me and he's like actually listening to what I'm saying and wants to sit and talk with me. And even if you're not saying like, I know Jesus, I follow Jesus. Like they're going to notice that something is different about that interaction and then wonder like, Hmm, I wonder what that is. Um, so yeah, I think it's 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 more difficult than what you would think. Like the intentionality behind it of like reading and understanding the scripture that backs that up of loving loving your neighbor and and you know like just listening and watching all the stories of of Jesus and you know you can start in Mark because it's one of the small, it's the shortest book but like reading what Jesus did will help you understand what you can do and in every society. Um, and, and, and any time that you, you come across adversity or, or, um, very uncomfortable circumstances, how do you, how do you handle that? Like when you're really uncomfortable and you're not okay being in that situation and just immediately giving that over to God and be like, Jesus help. Like, Oh, Oh, I really need help in this situation because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Um, but uh, again, being open to that, though, yeah. to, to relying on the on on God in those situations because it is sometimes can be very scary, but life changing yeah. for everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know that that person, um, and and really, there's some people that just need to be recognized. Yeah, that's it. Hello, how are you today? Yeah. You look beautiful. I like your blouse. Or or to guys, like that as a really cool jacket. That's all that needs to be said. And that changed their entire day. Like where they were wrecked, their week was horrible and they hate themselves, or something terrible has happened to them, like family members passed away. And then boom, you just said just a comment. And that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And but all that was was everything to that one person yeah. that really needed that to be said to them. It's good. So. It's real good. Um, shall we shift into our next segment? We, yeah. So lost in translation, I am not as prepared as I should be for this. So Isaac, do you have anything you want to share first? Um, I don't want to share it, but it's the only one that I have for lost in translations. Um, oh, I didn't talk about, did I talk about pavement at all? I think you did. I think you have on an episode. Okay, if I haven't, 
So sidewalks are called pavement here. And so I was talking with somebody about being on the pavement and, and, and um, sitting, you know, because we don't have a, a front porch. Um, like a driveway. Um, a are you talking like at the house? Yeah, oh, okay. Garden, sorry. So your um, door opens straight onto the pavement, the right. sidewalk. Gotcha. And so because my door opens up directly onto the pavement, we would have conversations about like me sitting out front on, on, the, on the sidewalk. Um, I, sometimes I would forget about that everybody else calls the pa pavement, pavement. And so I'm talking with my neighbors and they're like, oh yeah, you sit on the pavement and enjoy yourself. And then in my head, I was like, oh my goodness, like wouldn't you get ran over by a car? <laughs> what, is the pavement the road in the States? Yes. Ah. Whereas in sidewalks or sidewalks and the, the Yeah, I would call that a sidewalk. Yeah, I'm with you. And so like so we don't actually pave we don't pave our sidewalks. We either concrete, brick. Yeah, yeah. Um like Yeah, brick, most of them are concrete. Or pavers, but mainly it's all concrete um sidewalks. So it it would be very rare to see uh sidewalks that are actually paved like you would like your street. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Have you got a lost in translation over there? So mine is more of like, because this, I don't know, Isaac, if this would, if this is something that you would use. But um, so it might be more of like a Southernism than it is an Americanism. But I like, I would say if I am going to go grocery shopping or if I am going to work or I'm about to do anything like I would say oh I'm fixing to go to the store or like I'm fixing to make dinner what is that would you yeah. that's okay fixing yeah to make. that's like a double verb like but like I'm fixing to go do something like I'm I'm fixing to but would you say like if something was broken that you're fixing it yeah okay so that works too but it's different meaning <laughs> but like I said that the other day and yeah, Simon was like, you're what? <laughs> so would you be like, I'm fixing to fix the TV, like if the TV was broken? No. That, that Maybe. I mean, I would probably more say like, oh, I'm going to fix the TV. Yeah. So is fixing the same as going? Like I'm yeah. going to. Kind I'm of, yeah. To. Yeah. Well, I love like, like stuff like that. It's so cool. Yeah. Like we and speak the same language, but we really don't. We don't. <laughs> Why do you think we call it like, so one that's just come to mind, like, taps and you say faucets don't you oh yeah we do say faucet why do we not or, use the or same as i said spigot a uh, spigot for, for, uh, that's the outdoor right for, for a garden house yeah we call that a, a, a spigot. spigot yeah if it's outside oh so just the tap like the the mm -hmm. faucet that's outside that like attaches so not, to your hose so not the hose the hose right the spigot the tap is the, spigot. the tap the is faucet. the spigot yeah cool. it's a one valve and like zucchini Zucchini. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lol at me. <laughs> courgette. So what do you, like, you know, so we say when we make um, courgette into, like, spaghetti pieces, uh -huh. we call it courgette. What we do you call, call that? Zoodles. Ah, genius. Zucchini noodles. Courgette. And then eggplant is the other one. Oh, yeah, what's Eggplant um, is, what is that here? It's, um... Butternut squash? No, eggplant's the purple one. Aubergine. Aubergine, yes. Egg 
eggplant. Yeah, we call it eggplant. And then this is another one. The so like at home, Isaac, um, like your oven, right? Like you would call the actual part where you open the door and like put food in. Like that's the oven. But the top with like the different burners or eyes is the stove, right? Is that what you would say? Well, I would say I would call the whole thing a stove. Oh. But the in, the 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 oven, the oven. Like, if you're going to use it, I would call it the oven if you're going to use the oven to cook. Yeah. So if it's like, you're going to use the oven to cook. Um, pizza. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're having pizza, so you're going to use the oven. Yeah. And then, but if you're going to cook something like, let's just say, a, a soup on the stove. On the stove, like, okay, yeah. Well, you're going to use the stove to cook the soup. But here it's the hob. But, like, I feel like stove... That's like an older, like the older generation would have said stove, I think. Oh, uh, okay. I feel like that's, yeah, back in the day it would have been a stove. Yeah. We just call it the hob, like the hobs. Now it's the hob. And the, oh, the this hobs. is the other so, one. Like the four is hobs. And oh. one of them is a hob. Okay. And we would call that an eye. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> like the different eyes. And then you call, like, if I were going to put in, like, I don't know, something, like, I would call it a broiler in the oven. Like, you would turn on the broiler. Y'all call it the grill. Huh. Yeah. I've never known what, a like, if you were to broil something. So we would say we're grilling it. Yeah. There's so many, there and then y'all would call it barbecuing, what we call grilling. Y'all. <laughs> It's so funny. There's like so many this. like yeah. subtle yeah, differences. You laugh really loud. I was walking with Eng and he called a sausage dog a sausage dog. Well, that's what they're called. Yeah. No. We, call we call them wiener dogs. Yeah. Yeah, because you call like a little hot dog like a wiener, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't. You don't want to know what, like a wiener here is. Gross. They come in jars and water. <laughs> a wiener is part of the male anatomy oh yeah same yeah. at home <laughs> same but like we wouldn't necessarily say it but like that's what i mean i would never call it a wiener dog what would you call it like what it actually is i would call it a dachshund are they it's is that what that is yeah mm. oh well, there you go yeah sausage dog that's the breed that. of dog yeah and i would always call it a hot dog i would never call it a wiener okay Ugh. <laughs> just because it's the same at home, like wiener is also part of the male anatomy, and so yeah, it just weirds me out. But so hot dog will be yeah the label, love it. Um, so Lois, do you have any? Maybe you have lost in translations. You'd like? To, I mean, I feel like we just did that as a group. But like, if you have any embarrassing stories you want to share about Isaac and I, you have um, full, full authority. I can't think of any now on the spot. I mean, there have been a couple that I, from when Isaac was living with us at the start, but he's already shared them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you've got off lightly there. Really. My favorite is when y'all sent me, or the church like sent me that care package when I was at home in Florida. And Evan and Caleb um, drew me a picture. And at the end, at the bottom, you said like, you silly goose. Because <laughs> that's one of those that I think about yeah, still. Yeah. Because yeah. y'all would Probably say cheeky, cheeky monkey. monkey. Yeah. We say silly goose. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> silly yeah. goose. Well, this has been so fun. It's been a joy. Thank you so much. Better than you me. expected? Yeah, it's actually like a lot more natural and better than expected. Yeah. 
And we'll see you back next week. Bye.